right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Motor City Sound Rise Network's exclusive Detroit sports podcast. Follow us on Twitter at MCSound22. Same thing on Instagram. Follow Rise. All the Rise socials are at Rise Network US and the website is RiseNetworkUS.com. And joining us today, he is the host of the Locked On Tigers podcast and the Locked On Red Wings podcast, and I can see it on his face. He is an extremely, extremely stressed out man right now because of our Detroit Tigers. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Scott Bentley. How's it going, boys? Yeah, no, the uh, the the Tigers and certain the second half of the the season for the Wings too. Not not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of good so far, but hopefully a uh, hopefully a turnaround. Yeah. So to you know, just to jump right into it, obviously we're going to be talking Tigers today. They've been off to a, just a completely abysmal start to the season. They're nine and twenty-three, and I think it's fair to say, Scott, that this is a, the exact opposite of what us Tigers fans expected here coming into the season. We were looking at it, um, you know, in terms of last year, like, hey, we got off to a really bad start, but we really turned things around right around this time last year. And we going to go into the off season. We added guys like Eduardo Rodriguez. We're bringing up Torkelson. We signed um, we signed Javier Baez. You know the list of you know Kiel Badu had a really promising season last year. Same thing with Scope and Candelario, and all of those guys, just about all of them, have performed well, well below where they were av- on average from last season. So obviously that's an extremely, extremely upsetting thing, you know, for us Tigers fans, and, and that's really what we're going to get into here today. And, and just to do a little bit of due diligence and be fair to the team. They are going through a really, really tough battle with the injury bug. There are guys, you know, starting pitchers like Casey Mize, Matt Manning, um, you know, other pitchers like Turnbull, Cisnero, Riley Green in center field, obviously recovering from the broken foot. Um, You know, Ryan Kreidler, Funkhauser, they got a lot of guys hurt, but I, I think we would both agree. All three of us here would agree that that is not the, Sort the main source of the Tigers just suckathon so far this season. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's actually it's so weird too because when you go through like the biggest injuries on the team, uh, like none of them in theory should affect the major league level offense. Like a lot of it, like we've had we have a, a plethora of bullpen injuries. We have our starting pitcher, you know, like Turnbull since last year. We know he's going to miss the year. Like Mize and Manning are both currently on the IL. Like we know we've had to kind of patch together the pitching and the hitting currently is pretty much entirely healthy outside of Riley Green. Um, And it just like that's the biggest sore spot, right, is like the offense has been absolutely horrid and they, they are really struggling out there. Everybody top to bottom. Uh, nobody can drive the ball. There's no extra base hit ability on the entire lineup top to bottom. Uh, it, it's just, it's so weird how like most, if not all of those injuries you listed off, like outside of Riley green, like none of them should really hinder the, the major league offense that much. And yet that is, comfortably the reason that we are in the position we're in. Oh yeah. They're it's, I mean, they're pretty much all pitchers. I mean, this is <laughs> Victor, right. I mean, like you said, the only guy who would really affect the offense had, if they were to be healthy, were to be Riley green. It's not like right. Victor Reyes is, is stepping up to the plate hitting 285 or something like that. Right. You know? 
Um, yeah, no. And, and like with, you know, like Badu finally, you know, he, he's been off to such a slow start that they finally sent him down. So like, I'm sure like Victor Reyes will get some, you know, like playing time as he always seems to find his way in, into getting. Uh, but yeah, like as far as like the offense isn't struggling because Victor Reyes isn't in the lineup every night. You know what I mean? Like it's just top to bottom brutal. So one thing I, I, I want to pick your brain about is, you know, obviously we got this litany of guys, you know, from Candelario, Scope, Haas, Badu, um, you know, everyone is really struggling at the plate. My question to you is, you just brought it up there. We just sent Akil Badu, Akil Badu down to AAA. Last year, he was really, really good. Started out the season really, really hot. You know, uh, ended the season with 259 batting average, 766 OPS. Nice above average. Good for the rule for a rule of five guy. Him having such a bad start to the season for as long as he has so far this season, does that maybe maybe get you to think that? last year was a little bit of just luck, maybe rookie luck for a kill. Yeah. I, I think that's where a lot of people's brain is going to go, you know, right away. Um, I, I will say that I think that he, I, I think he'll be fine. I really do. And, and I, and I have said this about a, a lot of the dudes on this team. I think they'll be fine. I, I don't expect all of these dudes to stay down where they are. I, I expect us to play some fun baseball this summer, but it's uh, the biggest thing is just, you know, last year they turned it around and that was great. But when they turned it around the, by the end of the season, there was, you weren't going to make a playoff push because of how bad you were in April. It was just and too- right. And now copy and paste like that. We could, you know, we're, we're going to have to go, way, way, way over 500 now the rest of the year to be playing any meaningful baseball in September. So I I think the biggest thing for, I mean, the offense, like I said, will get better. For Akil specifically, I I think he'll be fine. It's just a slow start to the year. He made adjustments last year and he came back. Um, He he wasn't even hitting righties well, which is like totally off-brand for every level he's ever played at. So I, I think it might just be a slow start thing. And, and I really do think that he'll be fine and back in the majors within the next month or so. Um, but certainly the right call to send him down in the same breath because he was really, really struggling. Yeah. Yeah. I was one of those guys that before the start of the season, I thought that the Detroit Tigers were going to make the playoffs this season just because based off of how we're, how hot we came off last season, uh, especially over 500 after the all-star break. And the one thing that we needed to do this season was start off the season, not like last season and actually win games. But at this point, it seems like the Detroit Tigers are going to have to start winning like almost every, not almost, but probably going to have to win every single series up until the all-star break. And then they're going to have to go over 500 again, like they did last season, because right now they're sitting at what, 10 and a half under the uh, top spot in the central. So the Detroit Tigers are dead last in runs. Their best hitter right now, or the best home run hitter right now is Torkelson. And they're literally, I just saw an article today that he is like considered to go down to the triple a and he's our leading hitter for home runs. And it just seems 
seems like we cannot get um, any runs. Our base running like last season. The, the, one of the reasons why we were so hot last season, um, second half, was our base running was really aggressive. We were able to steal bases, actually go for the doubles when they hit the, the right wall. Um, and it just seems like we're not doing any of that this season. We don't have a 300 hitter either. Um, our best average is um, two, 270, and that's Meadows. So it just seems like guys yeah. like Scope, guys like Candelario, and even Haas, even Meadows, like his average is he's on par with his average, but his powers it it's just it's not there. It's gone. absent. It's absent, and it's it's Scott. It's just like it's so. It's single it's, season. It's it's single city, like you said in the last it is episode. Single city. <laughs> single it's, city. It's really just confusing. I have never. I don't think I've in all my years of watching baseball. I don't think I've ever seen a start to the season where your quote unquote core. Now, if you if you think uh, of scope, candy, you know, torque, and all of them at their best is a core. That's up to you. But the quote unquote core of this team is all cohesively sucking. And honestly, I'm just very, very confused, Scott. Do you, could you give us any insight? Like, is there a bug going around or something? That's, that's seriously getting to the point where that's what I'm starting to think. It, and that is the remarkable part of the whole thing is that it it's just an inability to drive runners in. Like, it's not like there have been a couple of games for sure where you can point at and go, okay, we didn't even get anyone on base, right? Like, but we're, there have certainly been, been a couple of those. There was one against Houston uh, where we got like one hit. There was one against the Dodgers too. Like Kershaw carved us up. But like for, for the most part, we have been getting base runners. Like we've been getting, I mean, like you guys said, like uh, singles and, and like Torkelson for as, as everyone is freaking out about how low his batting average is, he's been walking like crazy. Like his walk numbers are great. And like, that's what you pay Robbie Grossman to do too. And like his lately he's been struggling, but like everybody has. And uh, like, so like you have ways to get on base. You've, you've, you get on base. It's just, there is no extra base hits top to bottom. And there is no ability to drive in a runner in scoring position. None. It is non-existent. Um, it, it's remarkable. It, it truly is remarkable. And, and it's beyond frustrating. I'm sure it's frustrating for the players too, just like it's frustrating for all of us to watch it, but to, to consistently get people on base and then just not be able to score them is, is remarkable. It, it's like you said, it's something that I'm not even sure I've ever seen. And it's not a one or two game sample size. We're talking about 30 plus games now at this point. Yeah, we're we're getting close to that 40 game mark. And what I think is even even more concerning is because to start the season let's be fair, it wasn't the easiest schedule in the world. Sure. It, it also wasn't the toughest, but it wasn't the easiest schedule in the world. We have just today on May 12th as this is being recorded, wrapped up a series, a five game series against the Oakland A's who are they're, they're not great. I mean, they they're not the worst in the world, but they're actively trying to lose. And they just made the Tigers look like a single A team. And it, it, it's bad. And that's where I start to really, really get concerned is not only were we getting beat up by the better teams in the league, we are getting absolutely wiped by the bad teams in the league. And, and hey, they could, they, they could, what do they have three coming up against the Orioles next? I think they could win three out of three and it could be the start of, a, of exactly what happened last season, just this year. 
and it, it might be all, you know, good and fun, uh, you know, in late August and Hey, we're, we're going to be out of the playoffs at this point, but maybe, maybe it'll fix itself. But if it doesn't, it, do you start to, do you start to draw a line here? I mean, I, I can, I can't even imagine that people are going to start to, to come after AJ Hinch, but I, I, I guess what I'm saying is after so long and after, after being so bad for so long and being this bad against the bad teams in the league, who else do you really have to blame if it just, if it just keeps happening? Yeah. And, and I, I think the unique thing about that situation too, is that he has an opt out at the end of the season. Oh AJ yeah. Hinge can dip if he wants to. And it's going to be, and in my eyes, uh, it's going to be pretty hard to convince dude to stay with a team that it, you know, if the offense stays at the level it's at, certainly, um, like, hey, we just spent a bunch of money for the first time in half a decade, and oh, none of them can hit a baseball. Like, I don't think that's going to go over very well uh, when the, the decision is going to come for him this upcoming offseason on whether he wants to opt out or not. Um, now, it's 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 early. Like, there's still baseball. As baseball is, there's 130 games left, right? Like, there is, you know, time to, to recover and, and do what we did last season. Um, it's just... It looks so bad right now that there's no avoiding this conversation, right? Like last year, there was no expectations for the team. So it was like, okay, we suck. We suck again. That that stinks. But like, you know, whatever. With house money. Right. This year, there was expectations and people were were expecting to play meaningful September baseball and, and at least meaningful August baseball. And now we're at a point where you know, like I said, we dug ourselves back in this hole that that we had last year. Um, we're right back where we started, and I, the the question, you know, whether people blame AJ Hinch or not, is totally up to them. I still think he's one of the best managers in the sport, and I, and I think that we should be very grateful that he's here. But in the same, you know, he's not the one going out there and stopping in the batter's box and and you know not being able to hit the ball, but. At the same breath, I think the bigger question becomes, you know, his own decision and what he does with his own future after this year, if if this continues. So after 32 games, um, watching the Tigers, if you were in the manager position, what att- what area would you attack first? Goodness, man. Just to get us back on track, just it's to like, get us back into. How the- can, hold on. No, we can't do Scott like that. That's like asking. <laughs> Pope, that's like, like uh, he's not. Moses, I can tell you dude. my he answer. Can't, he can't draw water from a stone. Like, <laughs> but no, what, what would you do, Scott? What would you do? Yeah, man, I, I get like. I guess the first thing would be. <sighs> Like if I had to change some, I guess it would be get a new hitting coach in here. Like I don't, I don't really know what else to do. Like school ball ha- was here from the previous regime, which is weird because when AJ came aboard, he kind of cleaned house and was just like, I'm going to fire everybody. And uh, cool ball came in in 2020, not 2021. So just, you know, only a one year before AJ came in and brought in his own staff, but it, it's just, uh, like, I, I don't know if there's any like single move you can do to fix an entire offense. Like you could call up Cody Clemens for sure. Like you, you could, he's been raking down in triple a, you could call him up. Okay. Even if he does well that, you know, now you got one hitter, <laughs> you're not going to win too many games with one dude that could hit a base. So like it, it it's finding one move 
to fix like the the most grand gesture you could do would be i guess to bring in a new hitting coach like i i guess that that would be the 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 only thing that could maybe affect everybody all at once you know what i mean I, i'm not really sure there's too many other moves like single things you could do to just like immediately turn everything around and even that i'm not sure would do that but it's the closest thing you probably have no i think your i think your response really you know it covers how how tigers fans feel about this team which is just sort of helpless you know like you don't really even know what to do because you don't know where is, to start yeah exactly this is so I, I think we've made it clear this is so far and away what we expected from this Tigers team. And, and the fact that it's not just one person, it's damn near the whole team. I, yeah. I think it's most people's worst case scenarios. I oh, like I, I think if you on opening day were like, hey, what's your worst case scenario for May 12th? I think this record and going through the offense and you pulling up those stats, if you showed somebody on opening day that. I think they would, most people would say that is probably my worst case scenario. And most people, I would even venture that most people's worst, this is worse than a lot of people, what they would have labeled as their worst case scenario on opening day. Scott, I feel like, I feel like such an idiot. I, and I, what was Vegas predicting, predicting this team? Like maybe some people were predicting low eighties, high seventies in the win total. Yeah. I, I said, you know, we went on, I think it was just before, like right when we found out that, okay, we are going to have, have baseball this year. Mm-hmm. We made a podcast, you know, kind of previewing the whole season. And I think if I remember correctly, I said on that podcast, I'm like, Hey, if things go good, if, if we get torque up here and he is the hitter that he's projected to be, and, and everyone is, you know, riding on the backs of the coattails of the great season, that great finish to the season that they had last year. I said, this team might win 90 games. I look like an idiot. Yeah. I said that we had a chance to win over a hundred, but you, uh, that's even worse. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but um, I would, I mean, if you were to ask me the question, I feel like I would say more aggressive base running, pull the starting pitchers out earlier, get the bullpen out more. Um, I would say uh, maybe just, uh, yeah, get a new hitting coach definitely because this one is not working out really well Might as well at this point. I just feel like the tigers and, and the biggest, one of the bigger things is that I feel like this team has no momentum and having, no fans in the stands really kills that too because you have no city that stands behind you that is cheering your team on every single time you get a base hit and um even if it's single city it still helps that the crowd is out there cheering for you and it seems like the only time we actually had a packed house is when miggy was about to get the four thousand hit and then after that it's just the stands were completely dead right after that and we went right back to um the old tigers stadium or comerica park being completely empty and and we've been dealing with this for years and the weather excuse is gone now it's 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 80 and right. sunny outside right yeah no that that is definitely um that is a, a lot of people play the 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 weather i mean i played it early early on the first couple of weeks i was like i'm not expecting these dudes to we got a little bit of a deadened baseball and it's 40 out i'm not expecting a, a huge offensive production from anybody but uh that's certainly gone after you go to la to houston and then come back home and it's 80 that certainly is out the window at that point. It's a big enough sample size where um, that that is you know no longer the case. And and yeah, I mean with the attendance, it's a it's it's a give and take thing, right? Because like I 
I, I don't blame the casual fan for not wanting to go see the Tigers lose nine and nothing to Oakland. Like I don't blame anybody for not going to want to see that. And, and I, I think it's, it would certainly send a statement to ownership, right? If, if you were like, Hey, like we actually want to win baseball games. This is ridiculous. Um, but you know, at the same time, nobody wants to play play in an empty house either. So it's a, it's a yin yang thing. You know what I mean? Like it, it really does kind of go both ways. And, and I think winning solves all. Yeah. That's really all it comes down to. Like if you, you win a couple of games, people are going to start showing back up again. You know, you, even if you just start hitting home runs, you don't even have to like go on a crazy win streak, but if you prove that you can actually hit a home run, people will show up, you know, like people dig the long ball. Like it's, it's just, everything that could have possibly went wrong to start off the year, I think pretty much did, uh, especially as has been painfully obvious the, on the offensive side of the ball. So when in this season, and it's been really all over Detroit sports talk radio this week, it's been the Alavila conversation and the fact that he has, you know, he's really gotten fleeced in a lot of these trades. He has shown an inability to, to draft a position player that can hit the baseball. And he's been at it for seven years now. And I actually heard it. It was today um, on 97.1. And they said he's becoming Matt Millen of the Tigers and, or excuse me, of the Lions. Right. And I, I, I pushed back, like mentally I pushed back on it a little bit, but then, you know, I heard a little more of the conversation. I started thinking, I'm like, oh, seven years. I'm like, Oh my God, they're right. Like he is, this is horrible. Do you think, is this, cause and I'm not really a fan of firing anyone mid season, regardless of it's, if it's the head coach or the freaking janitor, I normally don't, I'm not a fan of that. Me too. But are, are we approaching the point where you are going to see a lot of people start to call for Alavila's job and maybe ownership is actually going to consider it? Yeah, I, I think I'll say that we're not anywhere close right now. I'll say that, that especially after what we saw with the turnaround midseason last year, they're, they're certainly not like, you're not going to see that in like May, like that's, that's not going to happen. Um, I, I think the big question becomes like this off season, right? Cause um, that w- this would be his first year where he had tools like going into the year, you were like, okay, Like he and and he acquired them and like he for as horrible as some of the trades have been, Lord knows. And I I have had a lot of beef with with how he has drafted because outside of like the number one and number two overall picks that we've had just for like being bad, uh, he hasn't done a whole lot out of the first round. Like it's Tarek Skubal and that's it. Um. So, like, there is a lot of reasons to, to point at Avila and say, like, you need to be better at your job. You, there's a lot of mistakes that you made. Um, this offseason will be an interesting one. I think that this offseason will be the first one where it is actually considered because I don't think that they have cared about winning until this season. I really don't. I, I don't think that ownership, I should say, the players always care that, you know, that that's their livelihoods. That's how they put bread on the table. But uh, this is the first time that I think ownership and the Illiches have actually cared about winning 
in Avila's entire tenure. Like, since, well, the last year of Mike, like, sure, they, you know, they spent whatever, 2016, but since they sold everyone away in 2017, this is the first year that they've actually wanted to win. And if you don't, that I, I think that it's going to be heavily considered. To be honest with you, I don't think he's going anywhere. And, like, I'm not too happy to say that, but, like, I, I, I don't. I think that the, he has been given the longest leash I have ever seen anyone get, and I don't think it's getting any shorter. Now, if you see this year and next year are, like, 95 lost team, teams, then I think you, you see him, like, the seat actually gets hot. But – I really think it would take a unbelievably catastrophic season this year to see any change in him uh, this upcoming offseason. And I definitely don't think you're going to see one midseason. What would that what would that loss total look like to you if it's catastrophic? Uh, I think it would have to be. A hundred plus and on top of that, like. <laughs> on top of that, Erod and Javi would have to be really bad. Um, is that really how lax this ownership is? I I genuinely believe trust. so. I really I really do think that he has a and it you know the proof is in the pudding. Like we were told in 2017 when we traded Verlander and everybody away, we were told, hey, 2020. Okay, well, in 2019, we lost 114 games. And then in 2020, in the COVID year, we were on pace to lose 95 if we played a full 162. And then we bring in A.J. Hinch and everything changes. I, I don't think, like, that's the common denominator. Avila didn't bring anybody in in between 2020 and 2021. We just went from Ron Gardenhire, who was basically half in a retirement home, to A.J. Hinch. Like, that's... That, that's what I think the, the, the biggest difference was. And, um, yeah, I, I really don't think that – I think it would take a lot for him to not make it to opening day of next year. I really do. And, and I don't agree with that. But I, I think that that is how, yeah, laid back, lackadaisical ownership is with this team at the moment. Yeah, especially after that Verlander trade where we got peanuts and we yeah. gave up, we gave up a peanuts star. Peanuts would have been that, nice, actually. <laughs> peanuts would have been better. Um, yeah. He's got like a freaking zero point eight nine whip right now, dude. It's crazy. Oh yeah, he's killing it. Yeah. All right, so yeah, thirty nine too. He's he's amazing. Almost threw a no no man edge of my seat. Uh, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see him come back. I'd love it. I, do you think he's gonna come back? Do you think? I would. I think if he does, it's after next season or after this season. Maybe we can max Scherzer too. <laughs> Just that that I can tell he's spot. not happening. <laughs> yeah, that with that that with that contract, no way in hell, absolutely not. So we wrote down a couple of tigers that were notable last season, and I think I'm a strong believer that we need at least two, three hundred hitters in order to at least contend in the playoffs. I mean, we've seen it with uh, Verlander or not Verlander, um, Fielder and Cabrera and Victor Martinez. I mean, we had all these hitters back when we were competing in the World Series and stuff. And now it seems like Javier Baez is probably our best hitter. He's a he's your average 270 hitter. Um, so I think that the guys that 
surround him have potential. Um, it, the guys that are struggling though right now, um, I feel like could bounce back, which would be Candelario, Scope, Haas, Evan Badu. Out of those four, who do you think has the best potential to be, uh, I'm not going to say like a 300 hitter, but to back up those 300, like the best potential to be the best hitter. Just just to get back to their normal selves, I guess. Sure. Exactly. What, are, what are the four? What are the four names? It is uh, Candelario, Scope, Haas, and Badu. Sure. I, I think Candelario is definitely the, the slam dunk answer for that one. I, I think that, um, like we, like I said earlier, like we've already seen in the last like week, maybe a little bit less, maybe four or five days, he's been swinging a much hotter stick. He's been, he, he's been seeing the ball a lot better. Um, even in today's game, you know, we're recording this on Thursday. Like he, he had a walk and a triple the game before that he had a double and, and a couple of hits. Like, I, I think that he's turning the corner. Um, and, and I think that he will, he will be fine. And, and that's one, that's like the one player throughout this whole thing that I've kept reiterating, like he will be fine. I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in Jamer, you know, he's never going to be the best hitter on like a world series team, but I think that he is a, a darn good support hitter, uh, to have, uh, you know, just outside, maybe the middle of your lineup, uh, on, on a competitive team. And he's going to be really important. As you said, those guys that aren't the big money, you know, Javi Baez's of the world are, are vital to this team's success. And, and I think he's already turning the corner a little bit. Um, I mean, for the other ones, Haas worries me because he swings at everything, um, and doesn't swing at everything as efficiently as Javi Baez does. Like there's a difference, right? Like there's the difference between, I, I try to explain this to people all the time. There's a difference between swinging at everything and being aggressive. Yeah. Eric Haas swings at everything. Javi Baez is aggressive. There's a, there's a difference between those two things. And like, so, so he worries me a little bit. Um, but, but we'll see early in the year. I thought he had, ha- was having some good at bats, Badu in the minors. Now he, he's going to have to figure it out, but if he gets hot again, he could come back. Um, and I mean, scope scopes, a really wild one. Cause he was brutal. Like the worst on the team, like even his OPS was under 400. Like it's one of the worst performances in like a month of a season I've ever seen from anybody. Um, that's like an everyday starter. And lately he's been hitting the ball really hard right at people. So I'd like to think that he's starting to maybe turn a corner a little bit too, but the last couple of days, again, he went right back into looking kind of lost at the plate. So I think that Candelario Short answer after I already gave you a long one. Candy's probably the, uh, the the answer to that one. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. I mean, Candelario last season had um, a .271 batting average. He had uh, three, .351 on base percentage. I mean, his slugging was over .440. So, I mean, I think that Candelario is the best option. Uh, led the league in doubles. Led yes. the league in doubles also. and .44, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's just incredible just to see. And um, we just want that back because we need hitters in Detroit as of right now because nobody is hitting the ball. I mean, you even mentioned Scope, how bad of a hitter he is right now. I mean, the the dude's got a 152 batting average. Who in the major leagues has a 152 batting average and it's not triple A? Seven other dudes on our team. Yeah, it's the Detroit Tigers. They're they're all, yeah, it's, it's, this guy, this guy, and then it's the entire Detroit Tigers roster. <laughs> yeah, it's really rough. 
this really this is rough. what I think is is really just the scariest thing of of really how this season has gone as a whole. And you mentioned earlier in the episode, AJ Hinch does have an opt out after this season. And and whether your opinion, whatever your opinion is on Hinch, for the most part, what I have heard in the opinion that I hold myself is that he's at least a top five manager in baseball. And I know that the manager position in baseball maybe is not as impactful as the coaching position is in other sports. But I think that given that we are off to another nine and nine and 23 start this season, I think that we are getting into danger territory regarding whether AJ Hinch is going to stick around here or not. Like obviously he had an impact on this team. Cause like you said earlier, the only thing that changed was AJ Hinch. It was Ron Gardenhire and all these guys, and they were really bad. You bring in AJ Hinch. They had a great second half of the season last year. And I think that we are really getting close to the point where we are about to scare away one of the best managers in baseball. Do you, do you, do you think that holds water or? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. I, I, I think as it stands right now, I, I don't think I lose sleep over it. Um, there, there is still so much time left. I mean, like I, like we're talking about this, but there's a possibility in, in some universe that, you know, the, the Tigers rattle off, you know, 15 of their next 20 and are right back in the thick of things and everything's fine. Like that's, that's, there is a universe in which that happens and, and there's 130 games left. So like there, there is time to recover, but time is definitely ticking and, and you have dug yourself in a hole that, that you have to dig out of. And that's not a place anyone wants to be in. And, and I think the, the main thing with Hinch is I completely agree with you. I, I think for my money, he's still the best single best manager in baseball. And uh, I think there is a lot of debate over how much impact the manager position has on a game to game basis. But my biggest thing is, it's not necessarily his in-game calls that makes him so valuable. It's what he brought to the organization. Like I said, he cleaned house. Mm-hmm. He got rid of everyone. They like people above him. Like it, it was remarkable. He was going in and and imagine like, firing your boss. <laughs> literally, like how how much of a power move is that? Like he's going in and and other people, not Avila, obviously, but everyone around Avila in that front office that has been there for years. AJ Hinge comes in and within a season they're all gone. They go in and you look at all the minor league coaching staffs, completely new, top to bottom, down to pitching and hitting coaches at those levels. Like it's his impact was he came in and, and took a Tigers front office that five years ago, if you would have asked anyone in baseball, they would have said they were one of the most stoic, like least analytically inclined, just like kind of behind what the times front offices there were. And since AJ Hinch has come aboard is now one of the front runners for analytics in the baseball and across all front offices, people now look at what the Tigers front office does when it comes to the numbers and how they evaluate players and such. And that is why I think he is the best manager in the sport because he took over a horrible situation and completely turned it around. Now the rest of this season that's that that becomes the big question mark because like you said that there is an opt out and i do think it holds water and i do think that it's a legit possibility if 
if this offense doesn't figure it out, that he just goes, you know what? This was more than I signed up for. I, I think I'm good. Um, but I, I would give it a little bit more time still because we do still have so much season left, thankfully, um, that it is it is possible to turn around enough so that he stays. I guess that's my point. AJ Hinch, I mean, just the corporate assassin. <laughs> yeah, straight <laughs> up. Straight up. So with, so I see the Tigers. I mean, we've watched the Tigers our entire lives, and they've had a lot of success with free agency. I mean, with big names like Fielder, Cespedes. I mean, we had David Price at one point, Tory Hunter. Um, yeah. Do you think we're going to be able to repeat that, especially with the team that we have right now that is struggling? Uh, do you think that we'll be able to bring in talent and kind of improve on what our team is right now? Or do you think that we're going to have to just keep sticking with the triple A and the minor leagues in the draft? Yeah, I think that, I think that's a good question because I think that there is, there are reinforcements and this minor league system has taken a step forward as much as we like to, to talk about the fact that Avila has really only done a lot with the top of the draft. The 2020s draft I thought was great. And 2021, the, the Tigers 2021 draft was remarkable, like top to bottom, all 20 rounds, uh, 21 picks total because of the, the compensation round, whatever, like that top to bottom was, uh, I think, one of the best drafts in all of baseball. And so I, I do think that there is some reinforcements coming uh, in the system over the next one to three years. But Dave Dombrowski, right, when he was here, it was, I don't care about prospects at all. Yep. Zero. We were 30th in every prospect ranking for a decade. It was and yet it did picks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and like it and it didn't matter. And we were successful. So like that, that's you know what I mean? Like he was if there was a prospect that had notoriety and that people were like, hey, he might be good. Oh, OK. You find value in him. Well, you can take a dude that might be good in two years and I'll take someone from you that's good right now and I'll keep building a winner. So, like, you need to, to be able to acquire talent at the major league level, obviously. And, and the trade market, you know what? If they really want to bring in trades, they have the pieces, too. Like I said, we have the farm system now where if they really wanted to just sell the farm and bring in talent, they absolutely could. We already saw, I mean, Austin Meadows, right? Like, that was the start of that. Yeah. Isak Paredes was someone that people liked uh, down there, and they – Got him, and I love the trade. I think it's a fantastic move for us. But like, so we have the ability to do that if we need to. Free agency is a completely different beast because all of those have to be signed off by Illich, and I am not yet convinced that Illich is willing to just break the bank. I I am not convinced that he shares that trait that that his father had and just the the want to i don't care how much i spend we're winning this season and i'm not sure even with this past offseason everybody gave the tigers credit you know like oh we got erod and we got javi and whatnot you know javi was most people's fourth or fifth ranked short it's the best shortstop free agent market i've ever seen in my life and probably will ever see again Five of arguably what the top seven shortstops in baseball were all free agents at the same time. 
We got most people's fourth at best option. And I love Javi and I think it was a good move. I'm, I'm pumped. He's here. I think he's going to do great things here, but when it comes to breaking the bank, I think there's a big difference between, you know, Oh, we're okay with, you know, handing out another 70, $80 million contract. And Oh, there's a superstar out there. Let's go give him Prince fielder money. I think those are two very different things. I think he will, I think Illich will continuously walk the line of I'm going to give everybody just enough so that they say they're happy and never actually break the bank. That's my opinion of our ownership. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough. I think it's, I think it's obvious at this point that Chris does not spend money the way that Mike did. And he's sure. probably not going to um, now to, to wrap up the episode is we do like to be a positive podcast. Now it's, just about impossible when you're talking tigers, but it's just, it's the most ass backwards season because somehow some way the Detroit tigers have conjured up one of the best bullpens in all of baseball. And it's literally hilarious because it was our Achilles heel for so many years. And now this is the year that we couldn't hit us. We couldn't hit a basketball if that's what they were throwing in the strike zone. And somehow this bullpen is one of the best in baseball. I mean, you know, guys like Will Vest, Andrew Chafin is just now coming back. I mean, there are some real guys that are pitching very, very well. And this is what, and I know, I think I've said, I feel like I've said this a lot, this episode, this scares me because I am worried that if our bats don't pick up, which they're going to, but you know, let's say they don't get to the level that they got last year. I, I feel the same way about the bullpen. There's no way this bullpen is going to be able to keep up this level of performance for the entire 162 games. I think they're bound. I mean, they're due to fall off at some point here. Do you, how do you feel about that? Do you think that's a real possibility? Cause I mean, I, I know it's hard to imagine things getting worse here in Detroit baseball wise, but I mean, if this bullpen was what we were expecting them to be, I, I'm not sure we would have, I mean, we'd be worse than the reds for sure. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, so last season, we had like two bullpens. Like if, if, if you remember last year, we had, um, we had, I, I, in like the least insulting way ever, we had like the A team and the B team. Like we had yeah. the, the, our, our, our four or five guys that we always went to when it was like within a one or two run game. And then we had, you know, Derek Holland and the rest of the guys that we went to when it was a nine run game. And like that, those are, they were, it was a, Line drawn in the sand. It was very clear what our intentions were for the rest of the game based on who the first dude out of the pen was. And so going into this year, I think, you know, we, we didn't really bring anyone back from, from the bullpen that went out there when we were getting blown out or, or when we were blowing somebody out. And, and we kept like the main four or five guys that, that were really good last year. And then like Cisnero gets hurt and Funkhauser gets hurt. So you're going into this year and, and you have Gregory Soto coming off a pretty solid season. You have Michael Fulmer who really kind of flourished in that bullpen role finally. Um, and, and you add Andrew Chafin who had a sub two ERA last year. Like you just signed one of the best relievers in, in the sport, which was a great move that, that I applaud 
the front office and ownership for making because that that's a, not a move that I was expecting. I didn't expect us to add to the bullpen. I thought we were just going to kind of ride with what we had. And and then, you know, we bring in Andrew Chafin is awesome. Um, and I, I kind of expected it to be similar in the sense that I, I thought we would have, again, three or four dudes that we could go to whenever we were winning a game and everybody else would kind of be lackluster. And then instead, everyone's just been unbelievable. And it's, it's like you said, I mean, Will Vest, we lost in the rule five draft last season to Seattle and Seattle took, got him from us. And how the rule five draft works is if a team a, draft someone from your organization in it, and then they struggle. If they cut them, they go back to where they came from. So he went back to Detroit because he had like a seven ERA in Seattle, goes back to Detroit. And now this year has like a one, two ERA. He's been phenomenal. And Andrew Chafin, like you said, has been solid. His first outing was rough. And then since then, he's been great. Uh, Michael Fulmer has been really solid. Um, Gregory Soto, when he's throwing in the strike zone, has been really solid, but that's been a big if. Um, I mean, like Jacob Barnes is another one, like waived by teams, waived by the Angels at one point, uh, and then has just come over and he has been unbelievable, like nasty cutter out of the bullpen. It's sick. Uh, and like Ronnie Garcia, who was, a, a, I mean, let's be honest, a laughing stock in 2020. It misses then all of 2021 due to an injury on top of that and has been solid out of the pen. Uh, Willie Peralta just like casually throws 97 now. And we're like, okay, I guess that's something he can do. Like it, it, it's all, it, it's really is clicking for everybody. And, and I, I do expect them to, to maybe some of the outlier guys to, to maybe regress a little bit, but at this point, you know, we're, we're on, Last season, like I said, like the dudes that were part of it last year, the fourth guy, I mean, Joe Jimenez hasn't been that bad. The four or five dudes from last year that carried over into this year, I fully expect, like it's my expectation now that they continue to produce. And uh, anything that Will Vest and Jacob Barnes give us on top of what I expect out of those dudes is just frosting for me. So, yeah, it's, it's been a bright spot. And um I think the bullpen in Tarek Skubal is pretty much the only bright spot to the team so far. Yeah, Skubal, Skubal is absolutely. Yeah, I mean, as long as we don't have Phil Coke on our bullpen, then we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. So, do you think it? Do you think it lasts though? This bullpen. I, I think. I, I think the ability to maintain leads will last. I, I'm not sure we're gonna hold the. Uh, you know, like the best bullpen ERA in baseball. I, I don't think I don't expect that. I, I think that's pretty lofty given some of the names, you know, in Chicago and LA and stuff that, that they have. But uh, I, I do expect this bullpen to, if we're winning a, a one or two run game to hold it. And I will expect that honestly, and still proven otherwise at this point, the problem is we can't score enough runs to get a one or a two run lead right now. So they're just putting up zeros and it, you know, in games that we're losing by four in, it's like, okay, like, thank you, Jacob Barnes for your zero ERA on the season. Unfortunately, it's led us to zero wins. Yeah, yeah for sure. Listen, that's going to do it, but there's just, you, you made a comment and it was about Andrew Chafin and it's, I just, I feel like Andrew Chafin, like the hair and the mustache, she should play 
John C. Riley in a movie about John C. Riley. Right. Like, I, I, you know, like, Mr. Shake and Bake himself. He he's him. He is him. He is him. And you know the fascinating part with him uh, is he does not care about Major League Baseball, and it's fascinating. Like this dude came off of the injured list. They interviewed him. They were like, "Hey, the bullpen has the best bullpen ERA in baseball. You're joining that. How does it feel?" He goes, oh, I haven't watched a single game, but like, I'm glad that everyone's doing well. And we're like, what? And and he's just like, he talked about it when we signed him in his introductory presser. We were like, how does it feel like this young upcoming team? He goes, oh, I like, I I didn't know that this was like a young, like, I just let my agent handle it. He said that I'm going to play for the Tigers. And I said, okay, like, I, I didn't, I don't know anybody that plays for this team. Like, I, I don't know. Like, that's cool, I guess. But, like, I, I don't know anybody. I can't he wait to meet him. He literally just wakes up and just goes into work and then goes home and then just <laughs> yeah. doesn't do anything he, else. He, like, he makes it and goes to bed. He calls himself a redneck mechanic. And he literally just, like, wants to live on his farm. And, like, I, I said this on a show, uh, like, I want to say, like, a week or so ago. I would put serious money on the fact that the second he retires, he never watches a baseball game again. And we uh, never hear his name ever again. No. And, and he had a sub two ERA last year. Yeah, yeah. he's great. He's like, like he's, he's, he's like one Kawhi of the best believers in baseball. And I'm not sure he actually cares about baseball. He cares about the game he's pitching in. Like, uh, I'm not saying he just, you know, doesn't give a shit. Like, he cares about his job. Yeah. And he very much care. You know, his pitch mix is great. Like, he very much cares about being a reliever. But the major league baseball, the, the the organization, like the teams and the players, he does not give a damn about. And it is hilarious. You know, I, I think we should all take a lesson from Andrew Chafin, and that is leave work at work. Yeah, I, that I is what he does. He is an expert at that. Certainly. An absolute expert. That Certainly. is going to do it here for the Motor City Sound episode number 53. Just to give you a recap, give us a follow on Twitter at MCSound22. Same thing for the Instagram. We are presented by Rise Network US. All Rise socials are at Rise Network US and the website is risenetworkus.com. Scott, give our audience, tell them where they can find you, where they can interact with your stuff. Yeah, my uh, so my personal Twitter is at Bentley Scotty. Uh, that's where you'll see most of my uh, most of my nonsense. Um, my uh, my Tiger Show's Twitter is at Locked On Tigers. The Red Wings Show is at L O underscore Red Wings. Um, I write for a site called Diamond Digest. I cover Tigers for them. They're a cool follow on there. I do like Sunday night baseball broadcasts with them every week. Um, I cover high school sports in the Metro Detroit area for the Detroit news. So if you're interested in like the high school sports scene, you can check out my byline at the news. Um, I think that's everything I do. I, th- I think, I think that's everything I do, but everything's in the bio, of my personal Twitter. That's probably the easiest way to just access. All. You didn't plug in your address though. Thank you everybody for listening to the Motor City Sound episode 53, Rise Network's exclusive Detroit sports podcast. Um, This is a little bit different like sounding because I'm recording this separately. Um, What happened was we had uh, Scott on from Locked On Piston or from Locked On Tigers, excuse me. we were doing the outro and what happened was nobody knows by the Tony Rich project just starts interrupting us and starts blaring our eardrums. And uh, he was a really good sport about it. He starts nodding his head and everything. And he just was uh, basically telling Mitch that it was a banger. Um, 
Yeah, we, we had a lot of uh, a lot of technical difficulties on this episode. <laughs> Tony Rich Project was involved. We had to switch laptops to CEO Rod's laptop for reasons I really can't comprehend. My laptop just, I guess, had a brain aneurysm or something. It's so funny because when we sit down and we do in-person podcast and we just have normal guests in person, this never happens. Like We never deal with any issues. We just sit down, record the podcast, and then we just get up and go home. But it just seems like every single time we do it, on a like a device like an electronic device like a laptop or like even a phone or something and we always just run into the problems with the guests with that so for any future um podcast if there's any technical difficulties because you can hear him lag a little bit in this episode also and that just always seems to happen on zoom that our guest is just lagging and it's um more just of just the technical like um connection of the internet and um for future podcasts we just want to apologize yes we are so sorry yeah I'm, I'm on my knees actually right now begging and pleading for you guys to forgive us because we need your your streams we need your viewership please follow us on instagram follow us on twitter we'll be back at it next week see ya